Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over six years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is season two, episode seven. Make sure to check out the show notes for my corporate flight attendant products and services. I'm so excited because this is my first interview on this podcast, and we have someone amazing today. This young woman has been extremely successful as a corporate flight attendant. As you guys know, we always want to maintain confidentiality in saying that she's a lead flight attendant for a major corporation and has what I would call the dream job for this industry. She also has been a very successful contractor. Welcome lead flight attendant April. Hi. So excited. So happy to have you here today. You just came off a trip. I know that. So yes, <laughs> a long one, a long one. Yes. A long one. How, how many days were you gone? If I can ask. I think it was, it was, it was a full week. It was a full week. Yeah. That's a long one. Friday to Friday. Oh no. Friday to Saturday. Sorry. And you switched time zones. You went from the West coast to London to, so, and you're from the Teterboro area. So uh, that's yeah, a lot of switching. So you're I think that the time change has gotten me a little bit all over the place. I don't even know like where I am at the moment. <laughs> See, she speaks like a corporate flight attendant. This is what you get to guys. <laughs> Back me up on this, April. It gets to the point where you don't even know the days. Like you're like, I have yeah. no idea. <laughs> I got home yesterday and I thought, I really thought it was like a Monday. I was like, hmm, what am I going to do today? And it's, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. You're now leveled up when you do that. Mm-hmm. You you are definitely in the industry. So April, please tell us how you got started as a corporate flight attendant. What were you doing before? Were you working in jobs that were service oriented toward the rich, such as working as a personal assistant, executive assistant, fine dining server, front desk at a country club or fancy hotel? I just, we want to know what you were doing. It's actually really unorthodox compared to like most people that have that enter the industry. I entered really young, firstly. I entered when I was 19. The um, pastor at the church that I grew up in, his wife was a flight attendant and I was in college, hated every moment of it. (laughs) And I started working actually in Munaki as a secretary. And I would pass the airport every day, not even thinking about it. We're talking about New Jersey, just so you know, because we're talking near Teterboro, New Jersey. Go ahead. Munaki's like right next to Teterboro. It's pretty much Teterboro, actually. I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm done with all of this. I'm going to become a flight attendant. And I went up to her and I was like, hey, can you help me become a flight attendant? And that's really how I got started. She told me where to go to school and all that stuff. And it just took off from there. No pun intended. She was a corporate flight attendant. She was, yes. Okay. so Or else I feel like I probably would have went to, I would have went to commercial aviation, but... And she was corporate flight attendant, yes. Okay. Well, you did the smart move going to corporate because they get paid a lot more in corporate. So you know how that goes. A lot um, more work, but it's, it works. It works. Exactly. And you get to, you know, it's so funny now that I basically don't fly, I miss going into countries on a private jet. They come on, if people don't know this, but they come on, they get your passport. You don't have to go through the lines. And it's like, damn, that's the way to travel. Now when I have to do commercial like everyone else, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> it's funny because I'm so spoiled. I'm yeah. just so spoiled now. <laughs> Especially like starting that when you're 19. It's like your life is just, you're just very spoiled now. <laughs> you do. I have higher expectations. <laughs> And that's the thing. You have really high expectations now when you go out to eat, when you're contracting and you're like, oh, damn, I'm only on a G4 today. I'm used to a, you know, G650 or something like that. It gets to that level. I 
Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> Besides the great trips where you sit in Hawaii for five days or you're in LA or West Palm Beach in the winter, why do you love the job? I mean, everyone knows it's it's the travel and you get paid to travel and that's amazing. But why do you love the job? Why do you have a passion for upscale service? You know, I think honestly, it's, it's a challenge, you know, it's something new every time there's always an obstacle. And I'm like the type of person that I think I need to be challenged in the things I do. And I can't sit in one place. It's always challenging. And I'm always learning something new, even about myself, you know, like you learn how you can really move in certain areas, like under pressure and like, to make, make yourself better. And you're always striving to be um, the best in the industry, really. So you come with a different service every time because you're always dealing with something different. And I like the challenge, the challenge. I think I'm a little bit, it's like a little bit of adrenaline for me. <laughs> the challenge makes me do a better job, really. That's what I talk about in my book. I talk about how every trip is different. And I talk about how you're constantly challenged. You constantly have to think on your feet and you constantly have to be a problem solver. So I also say that, let's say you want to be a corporate flight attendant for life. Awesome. Let's say you want to be a corporate flight attendant for 20 years and then move into something else. Well, you now have all these amazing skills of being challenged and problem solving and also problem solving at 40,000 feet. What the hell are you going to do when someone asks you for whiskey and you don't have whiskey? And I discussed that in the book and on the podcast, but that is the great thing. We learn to be very quick and very smart that's probably why you're so good at your job because I know your boss <laughs> and he also <laughs> says that you're amazing at your job. And I know uh, the other lead flight attendant who works with you and she raves about you too. So I love that you come from that challenge perspective and that's probably why you're so good at it where, you know, you have trips, right. Where all of a sudden something happens and it's like, shit, the catering didn't come or they screwed you. Have you ever had a trip like that? I mean, literally yesterday, yesterday was, no, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my tell, goodness. Can you tell us? We'd love I, like, um, yeah, I was in Europe and the caterer, I guess, I don't know what really happened on Friday. They didn't know they could do the order for a Saturday. They've been really like since quarantine and since COVID, they have been, they've been great during that period. But I think since it's picked up, they haven't been able to like get it all back together and like they're understaffed, I bet. Exactly. I get an email at like, I think it was like maybe like one o'clock in the morning and I didn't look at my phone because I was asleep. <laughs> who does? And, who does? Right. I was like, call me. I would have picked up the phone if you called me because my phone would have been on. Yeah. And I see it at like six o'clock in the morning and I call them. I'm like, so you can't do the order? Like what's going on here? And nope, it was, I was like, okay, here, here I am. Now I have to go to the grocery store, get food for the guys and make sure. Luckily it was an empty leg. So it wasn't like too strenuous, but it's still like, it's an eight hour flight. You want, you want to make sure your, the, your pilots are at least not starving to death, you know, and make sure your crew's not me. I'm not starving to death. <laughs> so uh, eating like chips and unhealthy food is not really great either. But yeah, I had to go to the grocery store and get food. So we show up at the airport and the handler goes, well, your catering's on its way. I was like, my catering's on its way. (laughs) That's not what I know. (laughs) What are you talking about? My catering's on its way. And he calls the the, um, caterer. They're like, oh no, we made a mistake. There's no catering for her. I'm like, why would you tell everyone there is? 
they were not communicating. There was no communication. So somebody had obviously dropped the ball. And yeah, so I, six o'clock in the morning going to the grocery store. At least I woke up early enough because sometimes I don't. You were lucky you woke up early enough. You were lucky that there was a grocery store open at 6 a.m. Because some right. places it's not even possible to have a grocery store open at 6 a.m. And also, this this is, oh my God, this is my pet peeve. If you have a problem with the freaking catering and you're the catering company, call me. Don't just give me an email at two in the morning and then I have to wake up in a panic at six in the morning. So the reason I want to tell people this is it happens, guys, and you need to think on your feet. And lucky for April, that was a deadhead, meaning all that was on the flight was a crew. All right. So April, I'm going to give you a little test here. Sorry, but I know you can pass it. Let's say you had five passengers on that flight and that happened. How would you have problem solved that situation? I would obviously have to let the company know and everyone know. I would go for more of a restaurant. I would try and find the restaurant to do the food. Maybe the hotel could do um, something, but I would still go to the grocery store, but I would go through a restaurant as well, maybe. And what's amazing these days is like Uber Eats, DoorDash, and those delivery places that do stuff like that. Even though it was really early, we had a 10 a.m. departure, I feel like we would have to push it back maybe 30 minutes, if anything. Or even go to like a cafe and try to get stuff from a cafe. Yeah, I think those are your options. And I I love that you said Uber Eats. I love that you said the hotel because I had to do that once. Something happened mm-hmm. with the catering and I had to go to the hotel. I remember I had, to, <laughs> I had to pick up some of the food at the hotel buffet. I remember doing that. And the thing is you explain it to everyone. You, you just, you can't go around it. If you If you can go around it and you don't have to explain it, cool. But, you know, and I will give you my flight attendant tip. You can, um, I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast. You, If you're doing a morning flight, you can make scrambled eggs in the microwave, just have a glass cup. And uh, that's how I would scramble eggs in the microwave. And some butter and it works. Yep. Some butter and that's it. And it really, it works really well. You just have to 30 seconds. It works amazing. Great stuff. Yeah, it works amazing. <laughs> so thank you for answering that question because that's perfect. It's 6 a.m. What the heck are you going to do? And you do the best you can. Let's say April in that situation, it's 2 a.m. And you don't have Uber Eats and nothing's open. And you're in a small town where no one's going to open for you. You just you do the best you can. If you have to go to a convenience store and that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do and explain the situation. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. So we're not, that's not going to happen. But go ahead, April. <laughs> yeah, we would hope that it's not going to happen. But, you know, <laughs> sometimes people fall short. As long as you have backup, you always carry backup with you as well, you know. Always carry something, like to make sandwiches, you know your clients' allergies and things like that. That way you have, like, something in case you do fall short. Yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, let's say I'm a corporate flight attendant, new corporate flight attendant. What should I avoid doing at all costs? Like what annoys the F out of the pilots, you know, will not get you rehired on contract jobs. I have some funny stories on that one. Not my personal stories, but I have some shit other people have done that's been hilarious. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Honestly, I really, I don't know how to answer this question because I don't really like pay attention to stuff like that, you know? Good, yeah. Because I, I don't really have that many flight attendant friends either. Um, I only have like a handful and they're all amazing. 
They're all, I know most, most of the people I yeah. hang out with are absolutely amazing, but I've so heard good. some stories and yeah. um, from pilots and I'll give you mm. an example. So I'm going to give you one example. And I think I've talked about it before on this podcast. There was this, these pilots I would fly for <laughs> and they would have this woman come on as a flight attendant, this older woman, and they did a deadhead. No, they did a trip, right? Then they did a deadhead, which was two hours. So they had a lot of passengers. They expected the woman to clean up the the whole plane on the deadhead, do the whole thing. So they were landing at two in the morning. I remember that. And so everyone could just go home, get off the plane at two in the morning, take out the garbage, whatever. She sat down and she had tea instead. And then when they landed they had to stay an extra two hours for her to clean up all the shit. And I that woman, I can tell you right now has not gotten rehired on another account. Imagine. Yeah. Because I guess do your job. <laughs> it would be like, do your job. It's so simple. Just do your job and go home. You know, you have a list anyways to do it. I would say like from the pilot's perspective, just if you're doing your job, no one's going to say anything. I think a big thing a lot of people don't realize is like a lot of people like are personal about things and they get so offended by certain things. Like if someone speaks to them a certain way or like if they don't like someone's tone, it really doesn't matter. Just do your job and go home. You know, I think a big part of your personality is just like making sure that everyone's safe and you're good and the pilots are good. Just do your job. It's very simple. In my opinion. (laughs) No, I think that's really good advice. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Like you said, this job, or like I say in this podcast and in my book, the this job is not rocket science. It takes a lot of organization, I would say, but it's not rocket. You know, you're not, you're not splitting an atom here. So right. don't make it more complicated. And I love your advice of if someone speaks to you in a certain way, well, that's part of the job. Unless they're doing something abusive, unless they're doing yeah. they're grabbing you, they're touching you, anything offensive like that. But you're going to be talked down to. That's how it is. It's not even that. It's just reading someone's personality. Some people just don't want to engage as much as you would like to engage. And you just have to be like, hey, do you want a hot towel? Okay, leave it there. If they don't want to say yes or no, just leave it there and come back and see if they want it. You know, just don't be offended because someone just didn't want to answer you and stuff like that. You know, they're busy. They're they're here to do their job as well. Most of the time. Don't let the little things don't fixate on the little things because the little things will just they're so minute in the big in the grand scheme of the job. If you fixate on the little things, they can tend to eat away at you when they don't need to. And I talk about in my book a lot, emotional intelligence. You need to have, you need to know how to read people. The best flight attendants know how to read people. And another thing I talk about all the time is shut the fuck up. There is no reason for you to try to talk to the CEO. Like he doesn't want to hear from you. She doesn't want to hear from you. You know what I mean? Like our, our job is to be more invisible. And if you go in thinking you're going to make buddies with these people, uh-uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> Trust me. Right. It's not going to work. So, yeah. and also you make a good point of, it could be a situation where the, the person's really nice and they come on one leg and then the next leg, they don't want to talk to you. You see that because they've had a bad business meeting and they don't want to talk to anyone. So you just have to read the room, like you said. Yeah. So you've been successful in this industry at such a young age. From the age of 19, you're in your 20s and you have an enviable career as a sought-after contractor. And now you're a lead FA for a top corporation. To what do you attribute your success? Is it everything you just said? Is there something else you think you just do right? 
I'm going to sound so cheesy, but my parents. <laughs> oh, I love that. It sounds so cheesy, yeah, but I don't know. I like um, growing up, they just instilled in me and my brother hard work and, um, you know, just striving for more in life. And yeah, no, my parents, they, I honestly what? wouldn't be successful without them. They're so supportive of everything I do, everything that I like. If I tell them I have a goal on something, they're the first people to, to really push me forward on everything that I do. They're super, super supportive people. And they're so hardworking. I don't think I know anyone that's as hardworking as my mom and my dad. They're super hardworking people. That's a beautiful answer. Now, I heard a rumor. I'm not sure if it's true and I have it right. Is your family or are you from Trinidad? I am. I am. I was born in Trinidad. I came to America when I was about eight years old. So, yeah. Uh, What part of Trinidad? Um, the South. We're just, we're all the way in the country. It's called Maruga. <laughs> it's so very country. So it's actually very interesting. It's like a little American dream for my parents to see because my brother's a pilot as well, to see their kids in aviation and super successful. I studied abroad at the University of the West Indies. Oh, that's so cool. I did that. Yeah. That. So I studied abroad at UWE. I did it in Barbados. But for those of you that don't know, UWE has different campuses. So Trinidad's one. Jamaica, you know, there's different campuses for the different studies. And so I had a lot of Trini friends and I've been to Trinidad three times. Uh, love Trinidad. That place, if you want a good party, holy <laughs> God, like they know how to party Or I would open my mouth all over the Caribbean. People thought I was Trini because I look it, I'm really tiny and I have that look. So, uh, yeah, so I represent Trinidad. I love Trinidad. That's love really that. cool. That's so, that, I did not know that. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it love It is a beautiful country. Yeah, they know how to party. They, that's one thing <laughs> Trinidadians know how to do. They know how to party. And they know how to eat. And they know how to eat. They just the food. It's the food. It's a food. And they use a word down there that Americans don't use, but they call it liming. And liming is to socialize. So they know how to lime down there really, really well. Oh, yeah. I remember I I was down there and visiting this family I was friends with. And the woman had just gotten in a horrendous car accident, the mother. So she was sitting on the couch. I mean, we're talking like she was going to be in a back brace for months, like that type of thing, couldn't walk. And she still had people over. She was still drinking. She was still, I'm like, Wow, this is this is amazing. They definitely don't let things they definitely brush things off very easily. They don't they don't fret on uh, little things, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So we have aspiring FAs and beginning FAs who listen to this podcast. Is there any tips you can give them to stand out in an interview or advance their careers to achieve their dream jobs? always be completely honest about your skills and who you are. I think honesty in this career goes so far. People are so much more willing to take a chance on you if you're completely honest about everything. About Be like completely transparent. Don't like fake it and pretend like you know what you're doing when you have no idea. Ask a question. Ask every single question under the sun. If you don't know something, ask because Nine times out of 10, people are going to answer the question and they're going to be more grateful that you asked than you trying to pretend like you know what you're doing. I think that's like the number one thing. Just be completely honest about who you are and your intentions and everything. And more than likely, you'll probably get a job easier that way. Any tips for the interview? Every interviewer is so different. And each interviewer has like there. I've been on interviews where like it's on the aircraft. And I've been on interviews that it's in an office. 
there's some that you're going to have with the lead flight attendant and the CEO of the company. And there's some you're going to be like, hey, I'm, this is your trial run. You're going on a trip right now. Just be ready for it. You know, make sure you always know that your number one thing is safety. That's the biggest thing that people are really making sure that you have. You say you're going to be safe on the aircraft. You're not going to do anything crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think, too, I'm going to add, be nice to everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People who aren't in the industry don't realize how small the industry is. If you're a fuck up in LA, they hear about it in Teterboro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you have to be. I feel like that should be innate. Like, I feel like being genuine and nice should be innate. Not for I everyone. Think, I know. I know. And it's so true that everyone thinks about it and be like, oh, I should be kinder, you know? Yeah. Well, people who listen to this podcast, they're all great. They're all kind and, yeah, and lovely, sure. but, you know. Okay, let me ask you uh, one last question. How do you think, because we talk about this a lot, or we, I always say we, but it's just me. <laughs> I talk about this a lot of you do like a NetJets or VistaJets or something like that for a couple of years. In fact, this was my last episode. And then you want to step it up to a dream job. You want to finally be on an account like yours. What does that take? What do you think, how can people do that step up to where they're finally at their you know dream place? You know, build your resume before I got this job. It was, I got this eight years in, you know. I was on a um, Challenger 601 for about five years. And then I did, I was on a six, uh, 550 for almost like eight months. And then I started um, contracting for a little bit. And, you know, this job kind of like, it, I saw it on LinkedIn and I and I figured out who everyone is. And I emailed everyone until someone answered me. <laughs> I love that. I bugged everyone. And that's what I did, honestly, with every job that I've had in private aviation, kind of bugged everyone until someone was like, give me a shot, you know, because I did start super young. Networking is everything in this industry. The more people you know, the better and good networking. Make sure you do your job because there are there is bad networking and there could be a lot of things said about you and you don't want to be said about you. Mm hmm. There can be, you know, I, I know April and I, we have the same energy in the sense and we have the same way of going about things where we only associate ourselves with the right people. Right. Because there is an, no judgment, but there is a lower denominator to where people can be attracted to gossip. They can be attracted to drama and uh, they'll definitely, you know, trash you at any moment they can, but we don't hang out with these people. So just make sure you're associating yourself and networking with the right people, which April, you obviously are because you've been so successful. So thank you. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, especially after oh, a long oh. trip and switching three time zones. So thank you. <laughs> oh, of course. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. So remember, if you like this episode, give me five stars. The next episode drops on Friday, May 13th, 2022. Until then, happy flying. Thank you, April. Thank you. <laughs>